Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is the hope of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If we don't know Him, then we are living in darkness. Jesus came to the earth as the hope for all of mankind. Today is part two, introducing you to Jesus. Join me for another exciting edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. I want, before we get off into uh, my part two of me introducing you to Jesus, keeping him on your radar, the reason for the season, I want to give you, to keep you up to date on this potential World War III scenario that's heating up in the Middle East. The Jerusalem Post reported that the Iranian terror proxy, the Houthis, in, down in Yemen, this would be the south end of Saudi Arabia down there, that they aim to derail the economic cooperations that's been happening between the United States, India, the European Union, and Saudi Arabia, and even Jordan and the United Arab Emirates. And this, this uh, economic cooperation with a new railway transport corridor that has been announced. So the Iran-backed Houthis, they've responded to the announcement by Washington that the U.S. will back a new naval force in the Red Sea. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin pronounced the establishment of Operation Prosperity Guardian, which was a new multinational security initiative, and you probably have read about it in the news if you follow this. And the goal of the force which involves key countries such as uh, the United Kingdom, France, the United States, and Italy, is to provide security in the Red Sea. The Houthis, again, this Iranian-backed terrorist proxy, they have attacked numerous ships and they've been escalating their attacks there in the last few weeks. So the Houthis have now responded, claiming the American-formed coalition is to protect Israel. And they accused the United States of militarization of the Red Sea, even though the Houthis are the ones attacking and hijacking ships. So it's complete propaganda. I mean, you guys already know this. But the reality is that the, the Iranian-backed Houthis have illegally attacked ships and that this has led to an unprecedented crisis in the region. Obviously, this is on the heels of the Iranian-backed uh, Hamas attack on Israel on uh, October 7th. So the Houthis are, they're clearly watching the formation of this new initiative, all these different um, countries coming in to protect the Red Sea, and they're watching that initiative closely. And they know that the U.S. has an aircraft carrier that's now moving closer to Yemen. They also know there's another U.S. destroyer that is in the Red Sea to back the USS Mason and the USS Kearney. So it's very important that we understand, and I'll get a little bit de more detailed into it in just a moment, but let me first mention one of our spo uh, sponsors here, First Cup Coffee. You know, you can imagine that we're working day and night to keep up on all of this, right? 
I mean, prophecies are happening just one right after another. We're energized by our God-given purpose, but it's nice to be fueled by first cup coffee in the morning, right? I mean, these guys are a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of Texas. They've got 11 different roasts. So if you'd like to get some and support End Time, go to firstcup.com, use code End Time to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you an additional 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code End Time to get 10% off today. Now, when we're talking about the Iranian-backed Houthis here, the real goal of this terrorist proxy, the Houthis, is to sabotage these economic ties in the Middle East. And this goes back to Iran, Mahdiism, driving Israel, the United States out of the Middle East, preparing the way for the coming, what they say is the Mahdi. Their Mahdi is not coming. It's a total figment of somebody's imagination. But there have been a lot of people killed because of this belief system. So they don't want Israel and the United States getting footholds in the Middle East. So that's what this Houthi situation is all about, trying to stop this huge economic um, coalition of, of uh, partners here making this railway uh, in the Middle East. They absolutely do not want to happen. They reference previous reports about closer economic cooperation between Israel and the countries in the region. During the G20 in September, they announced a new railway project. And so the report at Globes noted that at the G20 summit in New Delhi, the U.S., India, the, United, the European Union, Saudi Arabia, they all announced the promotion of a, this major, uh, sort of like a railway, a land railway, and sea transport corridor between India and Europe via going through the Middle East. Well, imagine Iran sitting back here because, watching this, because the project includes a rail link between Israel, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. So Iran sitting back here looking with this modest, modiism uh, mindset and saying, well, we've got we've to destroy Israel. We've got to push the United States out of here. We can't let them get a foothold here. And now they, they there's an announcement of the, from the G20 about this giant uh, rail link that would go between all these countries, including Israel. That summit was attended by leaders, including U.S. President Joe Biden, uh, Indian Prime Minister Modi, Saudi, um, Saudi Crown Prince uh, Mohammed bin Sa uh, Salman, the EU President Ursula von der Leyen, and it demonstrates the importance that the leaders attach to this railway plan, which could strengthen economic ties between Saudi Arabia and Jerusalem. Well, of course, Iran is like, though, well, we can't have this happening. There's no way. We've got to stop this at all costs. So the Houthis, and the, again, the Iranian-backed terrorist proxy, they want to sabotage this effort. So what's the best way to sabotage that? Attack Israel and start uh, conflict in the Middle East. And then everything comes, all these negotiations come to a halt, right? At least that's what they believe. Even the Hamas massacre on October 7th in Israel, that was, they were seeking to derail possible Israel-Saudi Arabia normalization. They do not want to see Israel continue to normalize relations with these Arab nations. They want to destroy Israel, preparing the way 
for their coming Mahdi. So Iran's hand is everywhere on these agendas. The Houthis, the Hamas, uh, Hezbollah, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, all throughout the Middle East here. The Houthis now slam the Arab countries for enabling any transport via land that might help Israel. And they openly note that this route could compensate for the Red Sea route. Most, most of the ships go up through the Red Sea, right? Well, they're saying that, hey, this, this new route could compensate for the Red Sea route that the Yemeni armed forces close to enemy ships and ships heading into it that the Yemenis couldn't control that, that it would go through another, a land corridor. And they are just vehement. So the Houthi media went on to claim that this clearly indicates that this land bridge represents a manifestation of the alignment of the puppet regimes with the Zionist. Now this is Houthi media. And this means that the Houthis could expand their attacks against these countries in the region and their attacks already have caused risk to Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt, because the Houthi drones and missiles have either overflown these countries or risked crashing into their countries. So folks, all of this boils down to one common denominator, Iran, the number one regional threat, the number one sponsor of terrorism on the planet. And Iran, if you look at the prophecies of the Bible, Revelation 9, the prophecy of World War III, Iran is the one of the four nations that house the Euphrates River prophesied to be the origin of World War III. Folks, this is certainly something to keep an eye on, isn't it? And we're watching it. I'm watching it day and night. I'm reading everything I can get my hands on. I'm talking to my uh, friends and cohorts in Israel and they're keeping me up to date on what's happening with the war between Israel and Hamas. Now you've got the Houthi situation, you've got Hezbollah, you've got Palestinian Islamic Jihad, what's gonna happen with Iran? I mean, think of it, I, Israel could fight Hamas, they could fight Hezbollah, they could fight the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and the Houthis, but that still is not Iran, the head of the snake. At some point, somehow, some way, someday, something will have to be done about Iran and, you know, I mean, we'll just, we'll have to see how all this plays out. But I know World War III is coming because Revelation 9, 13 through 21 absolutely says it will. And it's going to happen. It's prophesied in the Bible. The prophecies always come to pass. So with that said, I'm going to leave you with that. And I'm going to go to my uh, part two of Jesus, the hope of the world. Before I do, let me mention another sponsor, Birch Gold. You know, these world government enthusiasts and different things, they're, they're always, the globalists are always wanting to push, especially central bank digital currencies. Most of the nations right now, a majority of the nations are pushing for central bank digital currencies. And they can even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products, freeze your bank accounts, and it just gives the governments more control over your finances. So there are some concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets into physical gold, maybe looking for a way to go around this. And they're doing it with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info kit on gold. If you have an IRA or a 401k uh, just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold. You don't have a penny out of pocket. 
Go to birchgold.com slash end time. Claim your free info kit on gold because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you might just want to have some gold on hand. Now, part two of Jesus, the hope of the world. And hope I get through all of this today because this is, this is of utmost importance, you guys. I mean, basically, me telling you the story and giving you this World War III update, all of it is pointing to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and He is also the hope of the world in 2023, 2024, and the next few years ahead. Jesus Christ, you know, and the, a lot of people put Him back 2,000 years ago. Listen, you've got to get Jesus Christ out of the Bible and into your heart and into your mind and into your soul and into your life. You want to be truly content and have no fear and walk into these end times with, uh, you know, empowered by the power of the Holy Ghost and to witness and to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God, you're going to need a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. So, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth. It, the Bible doesn't say that there are two truths. The Bible doesn't say there's five truths. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the way. There's only one way. Jesus Christ is the truth. There's only one truth. And Jesus Christ is the life. This is, there's only one, way, one, one life to live, and that's for Jesus Christ. If you don't know Him, then you're living in darkness right now. Say, I don't know Jesus. It doesn't mean that you can't be saved and you can't know Him. You just may don't know Him at this point. So, Jesus Christ came to the earth as the hope for all of mankind. I would hope that if you, don't, if you can say in your mind right now, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus, contact End Time. We can help you with that. I would encourage you to join the um, Jerusalem Prophecy College. That's the best way to go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity and to know Jesus Christ. Go to um, JerusalemProphecyCollege.com, start your, um, the college courses, and I'm telling you, you get done with that and it will teach you who Jesus Christ is, why He come, how can you apply what He did 2,000 years ago to my life today. And you know, this life that I'm living, it almost seems too good to be true, but it's actually true. But if you don't know these things and understand these things are true, then you may be out there wondering, well, hey, maybe I should be a Buddhist. Maybe I should be a Muslim. Or, or you know, I don't even know if, there, if God even exists at all. But the fact of the matter is, He does exist. And you can know that beyond a, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And once we come face to face with these pivotal truths that Jesus came to the world, He was God manifest in the flesh, then we can realize that He is the pivotal plan for the universe. It's not... AI, it's not, uh, let's go um, have life on Mars. No, come on. Jesus Christ, He's the one that created all this stuff. AI, the intelligence of AI is, um, a la is laughable to God. God created, God knows everything. You understand that, right? He is all-knowing. AI is a blip on the, it's not even a blip on the screen to God. But everybody's so worked up about AI and artificial intelligence. I'm not, I'm not any more worried about artificial intelligence than I am about anything. Many people are looking for all these answers. 
But you only need one answer, and that's Jesus Christ. You get him at the center of your life, and I'm telling you, you want to lead a, a very fulfilled life. Put Jesus right at the very center. Center all your decisions around him. What would Jesus do? WWJD. There, it's, it's very, you know, that's kind of like a little saying, people, well, what would Jesus do? You need to be asking yourself that on everything, every major decision in your life. What would Jesus have me do? The answer is not in the government. It's not in a, in a giant bank account, a, a, you know, a, a Harvard education, a, a social status, the next drug, your next therapy session. The answer to true happiness and fulfillment and a healing if you need one, deliverance from anything, and salvation to spend eternity is Jesus Christ. That's the answer. Jesus' message while he was here on the earth was the kingdom of God. If Jesus were on the radio with me today, guess what he would teach? He would be teaching us about the kingdom of God. Wouldn't he? That, that's what he taught when he was here. That's what his parables were designed to teach. That's what he sent his disciples to preach. The gospel of the kingdom of God. If Jesus Christ was sitting right here with me in our television studio, that's what he would be teaching us today. He'd say, Dave, let's talk to your audience about the gospel of the kingdom of God. Because it's the most important thing on his mind. In the Old Testament, Daniel provides a clear description of the message of what is meant by the kingdom of God. This message is not confined to the New Testament, you guys. This is a message that Almighty God intended for the entire world to know from the beginning of time. The Bible calls it the everlasting gospel, doesn't it? And so in Daniel 2.44, the message is found at the end of Nebuchadnezzar's image prophecy. It's the, there's the image of the head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron mingled with clay. Then the stone came rolling down out of the mountains. I'm in Daniel chapter 2 now. The stone comes rolling down out of the mountain and smites the image on the feet. The entire image representing human government comes crashing down and is replaced with the stone which grew and filled the whole earth. Verse 44 is the conclusion of this prophecy and it says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Now, to go to heaven, okay? Everybody wants to go to heaven, right? To go to heaven, you and I have to be part of the kingdom of God. That's why it was of utmost importance that Jesus, in all of his messages, he was telling them the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Uh, um, Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. Disciples, you go preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. It was his most important message because he knew, I'm coming back someday in the near future to get my people. Of course, it was going to be 2,000 years, but I'm coming back to get you, to, to gather the elect unto me, and those that have made themselves ready are going to be part of the kingdom of God. 
So, pretty important message, right? So let me mention one more sponsor here and then we'll get off into the, some of the detailed parts of this. You know, as, Mer as Americans, as we go through some of these crazy times, and they're, they're getting crazier and crazier. I mean, when I just saw that the Pope has um, okayed blessing same-sex marriages as, or same-sex relationships as long as it doesn't resemble a marriage, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, how is that even possible? That's diametrically opposed to the Word of God. How can you do that? I mean, times are getting crazy, aren't they? And all these CBDCs and all the different, you know, stuff that's going on in America, they're wanting to control our food. You know, and we'd like to believe that the grocery stores are always going to be there. Uh, that, you know, we saw a few years ago, the supply chain collapsed just like almost overnight and food supplies diminished. So we pray for the best and we do our best to prepare, right? I mean, what if there was a way to have an affordable three-month emergency supply of food? Not, not necessarily in your fridge, but a few buckets of things sitting in your closet or something like that, that if something were to happen, that you wouldn't necessarily need to have electricity uh, to fix this stuff. You can get some water, you can get, uh, you can, you know, boil it, get a filter system, and uh, I've got one of those Berkey filters. Put the water in here, put it in your fireplace, heat it up, a little propane stove, and you've got food for you and your family. You never know what's going to happen. You say, you're trying to scare me. I'm not trying to scare you, but I know that my electricity goes off at my house since I bought it, and the electricity, they told me um, last or a few years ago when the electrical grid went down here in, in Texas and many places, that the electricity was off at my house for four days. I live right here five minutes south of end time, right here in Richardson, Texas. So anything can happen. Well, when that stuff happens here in Texas, everybody goes and wipes out the grocery stores. So this is not something that could never happen, right? Well, there's a way that you can help fend off that kind of stuff. You don't have to go fight Vietnam uh, to get something to eat. Readypantry.com slash endtime. They offer amazing 25-year shelf-stable food. Not to mention there's the peace of mind you get knowing that you have this emergency supply of food ready for anything. Ready Pantry, they're an American-based company, all American-based products. You're not going to be disappointed. There, there are many long-term storage companies on the internet that sell products that have been sitting on their warehouse shelves for years. But Ready Pantry, they don't do that. They will send things to your home that are freshly packaged within the last couple months. Now think about that. Big difference when you're going to order some of this food online. Ready Pantry, they offer discounts up to 20% off for 3 to 12 month supplies. And go to readypantry.com slash endtime, use code endtime, save an additional 10% off on your order, and you never pay shipping. So stock your pantry even with buy now, pay later options at, that's available at checkout uh, by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. Now, the message of the, of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It was Jesus' main message here. You want to have a relationship with Jesus? You got to know something about the kingdom of God. Period. It's impossible to live for God, to do the will of God, to understand how to make it into the kingdom, how to make the rapture without understanding the gospel of the kingdom of God. You're stuck. 
That's why we have a place where you can go read the gospel plan. How do I, how do I be born again? We'll talk about that in just a moment, but you can go to endtime.com slash reborn and you can read all about it in great detail, step by step by step by step. Endtime.com slash reborn. Okay, so the message here is that God never intended for mankind to rule themselves. People, they just make a mess of stuff. I mean, think about it. So God intended to lead mankind into the ways of happiness. I mean, when Adam and Eve chose to the path of disobedience and self-will rather than following God and doing His will, that's what brought about human government. Think about that. If we, did, if we all did God's will, we wouldn't need any government. Right? But from that time, from Adam and Eve, mankind has ruled himself. And the message of the kingdom of God is that there is coming a time in the near future when human governments will cease to exist and we will crown Jesus Christ King of kings and Lord of lords. And this is the reason the angels at the time of Jesus' birth sang on the hillsides of Bethlehem, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know, when the angel appeared to Mary and told her, hey, he will sit on the throne of his father David and his kingdom will be forever. The message of the kingdom of God is that human governments will, they're soon going to come to an end. And we are on the brink of his second coming. And when he comes, human governments are going to be suspended and Jesus Christ will rule as king and king King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, when people hear the term end time, they always, well, I should say many of them think it's the end of the world. I've had so many people over the years question that. You, got, is, is, you guys got end time on your building. This is end time ministries. Are you talking about the end of the world? No, that's not what we're talking about. When we say end time, we're not talking about the end of the world because there's going to be another 1,000 years of human existence upon the earth called the millennium. And this is going to be a time of peace. The Bible says, beat your swords into plowshares and your spears into pruning hooks, right? When we refer to the end time, we're referring to the end of the human government and the beginning of the reign of Jesus Christ. Wow, can you wait for that time? I want to be an immortal individual at that time living and ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ during the millennium. Christians are going to rule on earth with Jesus during the 1,000-year millennial reign. On the earth, the Bible says. And so this is the, the, the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's part of the gospel message. And then we're going to get into uh, some of the different ways where you can partake in that. You've got to be born again. Go to endtime.com slash reborn for all of the verses proving that. viewer of the End Time Show, you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? What experiences and gifts would you receive this year? Well, the atmosphere at End Time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives 
And that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com slash deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800 end time. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com slash deals today. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. You know, everyone, this is the most important thing that we can talk about, is the gospel of the kingdom of God. Again, if Jesus Christ were here in the studio with me today, this is what we would be talking about. Now, we may, we may get to the point where we would talk about prophecy and, you know, some different things, because Jesus taught about prophecy. And the, almost, almost about 30% of the entire Word of God is prophecy. So surely we would get on that. But I'm talking, if he was here, I promise you the conversation would start about, hey, I'm coming back very soon to establish my kingdom. Make sure you're born again and ready to go. And that's my message to you today. I don't care what societal status that you have. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I don't care your education, whether you're famous or whether you live under a bridge somewhere or nobody knows your name. If God's blessed you, thank God for that. But what's the most important thing is, is do you know Jesus Christ and does he know you? The Bible says there will be people that stand before him someday and he's going to say, uh, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. There will be people at the time of the rapture that believe they're saved, but they're not. Now, what a horrible travesty that would be. You say, wow, you've got me kind of questioning here, Dave. Well, that's why we send people endtime.com slash reborn. It, you can go through all the scriptures. You can read through it. Check it out. My father-in-law wrote um, this article, what, uh, 50 years ago. 50 years ago. And I've had, we've sent probably, man, I, I know it's way up in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of these tracks and brochures around the world, thousands and thou tens of thousands into prisons and missionaries and just, I mean, everywhere. Endtime.com slash reborn. Now, I said Christians are going to rule on the earth during the 1,000-year millennial reign. Revelation 5, 9 through 10 says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, 
for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of, out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation, and hast made us unto, uh, now this is talking about the saints here, and made us unto our God and priest, and we shall reign on the earth. It's a, there will be a physical earth here still during the millennial reign. We will, the saints will be immortal, both the Old and the New Testament saints, we're going to be immortal. We're going to be reigning over physical, mortal human beings. And these are the people, the, the ones who are raptured, they're the ones who, have, who were redeemed by God by the blood of Jesus Christ that He shed on Calvary. This scripture states that we have been made kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. We're in training right now. And when we learn the principles of God, we're going to be qualified to rule and reign as kings and priests. So, it may, you know, if there's something that's diametrically opposed to the Word of God that you're doing, you probably ought to say, you know what, I probably ought to back off of that a little bit because I want to be qualified to rule and reign with Him as kings and priests. You know, the world today has wars because it's being governed by the wrong principles. I mean, right now the world's being governed by a principle which says, if you do something bad against us, then we'll do something bad right back against you. But in the kingdom of God, those principles are not going to rule. The teachings of Jesus Christ will rule in the earth. If, if a person does something against us, then we will do something nice for them. You say, nah, not me. Well, I'm just telling you how the kingdom of God is going to be ran. And this is the way Jesus taught us to, to operate as Christians. We should bless those who curse us. Do good to them that despitefully use us. Say, wow, that's, that's a new one on me. Uh, look in the book of Matthew. I mean, this is the principle that's going to... Read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. That's a real wake-up call. So, these are principles that are, that are going to rule, and only those of us who adapt ourselves and incorporate the teachings of Jesus Christ right now will be qualified to rule in His coming kingdom, which is just ahead of us now. And a lot of us are going to need a lot of mercy, aren't we? <laughs> and, you know, we, we will rule as kings and priests with Jesus Christ during His reign, and we're going to, it, it, which is going to begin at the time of His second coming in the Battle of Armageddon. So how do we become part of the kingdom of God? Well, this is the most important question that you can answer in your entire life. Marrying the right woman, that's very important. You know, buying the right house, one of your biggest investments in your life, that's very important. Starting a family, uh, you want to start a business, what you're going to do, blah, blah, blah. It's, there's a million. But the most important thing in your life is, how do I be born again? How do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ and prepare myself to spend eternity with Him? That's the most important. That is the most important, folks. You get that right, and everything else is going to line up. In John 3, 3 through 5, Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, a religious ruler in Israel. And he, he was, um, he, but he had no concept. He's supposedly this religious leader, but he had no concept of the kingdom of God. There are a lot of religious leaders today. Listen closely. I'm going to make a statement here. There are many religious leaders today that have no concept 
of the true kingdom of God. They got their idea of the kingdom of God. But I'm talking about the true kingdom of God and what it takes to be prepared to get there. Okay? There, there are people that would say, well, uh, to be prepared for the kingdom of God, uh, God loves you and if he favors you, you'll have five cars in a garage and a giant bank account and if you don't have that, then maybe there's something wrong with you and God. That is a false teaching. The amount of money you have in your bank account, the amount of cars you have in your garage, the size of your house, your status in society has nothing to do with your relationship with God, folks. I've known people in my life that had almost nothing, but they were some of the happiest people I've ever known. They had a relationship with God. When they died, you knew where they were going, and they loved God, and they had served God, and I watched this, and I thought, it, it, the money doesn't matter. It's not, there's nothing wrong with having money. Don't get me wrong. If God's blessed you, thank God for it. But it, it, your money, the amount of money you have, the, the, the um, you know, the, it, whether it, you say, well, um, God must not love you. God must not love me. I've got something in my body that needs healed and he hasn't healed me. That doesn't, that's not, that has nothing to do with whether God loves you or not. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, died of COVID. He had, when, when he was young, I should say younger, he used to play handball. Irvin Baxter, you guys all know him. He used to play handball. He got hit in the eye with a handball. And he went blind in it. The doctor told him, he said, Irvin, I can fix that eye. But my father-in-law thought, no, I believe God will heal me. So he didn't have the guy do the surgery. Well, he, he, he went blind in one eye. Now, my, my father-in-law was a man of God. He was... He, he sought God's face. He was a spirit-led individual. And God helped. God and him started this whole ministry. But God never healed him of that eye. He did all of the work he did for End Time Ministries. All of the reading for hours and hours and hours and everything, he did with one eye, his left eye. Because he was blind in his right eye. And at the, towards the end of his life, he, he passed from COVID at 75. His other eye was giving him problems and he had a congestive heart failure. His ankles were swelling out over his shoes. He was a man of God, he served God with his whole heart. Why didn't God heal him? Did that mean that God didn't love him? No, that's not the way this thing is. You're still gonna go through life. But if you can go through life with a, a, a sound mind, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. When you lay your head on your pillow at night and you know, if I don't wake up in the morning, I will be in the arms of Jesus Christ. Folks, there's no peace in this life. There's no amount of money that can buy that. No, there's zero. There, I mean, I don't care if you're a, a multiple, multiple trillionaire. You can't buy peace. I mean, you might for a short time buy yourself a good time and have some things, but things will not buy you happiness. What is true happiness is, is I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I know where I'm headed. He's got his hands of protection on me, and I'm going to go to be with him someday. And I know that I know him, and he knows me. And when I cross that death's threshold someday, or the rapture, he will say, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. You've done a great job. 
You've had a relationship with me. You've served me to the best of your ability. You were born again. Come be with me. You see how important this stuff is? I was sitting there looking at the house that God gave me uh, the other night and very thankful. I was talking to Jana and I said, you know, we, we're so blessed. And, but I told her, I said, you know what? This stuff, uh, it's not made us any happier, has it? No. Our true happiness comes from Jesus Christ and my relationship with Him. That's where I get fulfillment, is when I'm sharing the gospel and I see people come out of Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom. That's true fulfillment. And I do that by sharing the gospel of the kingdom exactly what Jesus shared with Nicodemus. When, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he had no concept of the kingdom of God. And Jesus said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Nicodemus, except a man's born again. Jesus cut right to the core of it. And he said, except a man's born again, you're not going to enter or see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus. Now, if Jesus Christ was sitting here in the studio with me today, he would be looking right out there at everybody and saying, everybody listening to Dave Robbins, if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. There's a lot of gravity to this, isn't there? Nicodemus looked back at him and said, well, yeah, right. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter again a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus had no comprehension of what Jesus was talking about. But he was a religious leader. Jesus said, listen, Nicodemus, except a man's born of the water and of the Spirit, you can't even enter into the kingdom of God. This is the only time the term kingdom of God is referred to explicitly it's a synonymous term with the kingdom of heaven, though. Same thing. However, it's referred to a couple other times in Scripture. Jesus Christ, he drops this bombshell in John 3, and he called his plan of salvation being born again. So I, I, aren't you glad that Jesus didn't launch this reform, just a reform program? But he knew that we needed a rebirth. We were all born in sin, shaping iniquity. I've got to be reborn. I need a brand new start in this life. And Jesus called that plan being born again. So immediately, Nicodemus, ah, he don't understand this term. He, he's, you know, he's older in years. He didn't see how it was possible to be born again. He's thinking this physical mindset, how can I be born again? It was a total disconnect for him. And so he starts asking Jesus more and more questions. And we'll get back to that on the other side of the break. But again, this is the most important question that you'll wrestle with in your entire life. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end 
now streaming on Endtime Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. time is not going anywhere. So here we are, Nicodemus, he's, he's questioning, he has no idea, be born again, Jesus, what are you talking about? I mean, how, do I enter again into my mother's womb and be born again? But Jesus was not talking about a physical rebirth, but a spiritual rebirth. I mean, we can't rule and reign with Jesus Christ in his kingdom unless we are a part of the royal family, right? We can only rule and reign with him if we have been born again and have become sons of God. We have, a, we have a right to the throne through inheritance once we become sons of God. We cannot become sons of God unless we are born again. And this is how we escape the, the sonship of the first Adam and take on the sonship of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. And this happens when we're born again. We trade one lineage, born in sin, shape, and iniquity. We trade a carnal lineage for a spiritual lineage going back to Jesus Christ. I become a son of God at that point. Jesus taught the principles of the kingdom of God. And when we study the parables of Jesus, most of them have to do directly or indirectly with the kingdom of God. He would say the kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man that goes away, gives out the talents. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The, the parable of the sower and the reaper. He goes all the way down through there. He's always talking about this message, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus always taught in Parables, right? Most of those are geared towards that. And also grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. John 1.17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You say, well, but yeah, I, I'm, I belong to another religion, and that's really the truth. Or I have my own truth and, you know, your truth is your truth, I have my truth, and this other guy at work, he believes this, and, you know, just let's all get along. Everybody's truth just belongs, they can just, whatever you want. No, doesn't work like that. Not if you want to be, spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Doesn't work like that. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth. It doesn't say grace and the multiple truths came by Jesus Christ. It says the truth. Truth did not come by the law. The rich young ruler had kept the law, right? But he still didn't have the full truth. The Ten Commandments could not contain all of the truth. The law defined the problem, but Jesus brought the solution. 
You hear that? The law defined the problem. Jesus brought the solution. I've heard of these people recently about, um, I'm going back in under Judaism. I'm going back under the law. I'm, you know, I believe that's the way we should be saved and things like that. And I scratch my head and I'm like, you've you got to be kidding me, right? The law was not working. If the law was working, then Jesus Christ came and died in vain. We're not going back under the law. The law didn't work. The law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. Okay? Now, once you're born again, you're not under the law anymore. The Bible says that he won't, write them, he won't write these on the tablets of stone, but he writes them on your heart. When you're born again, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you go to do something wrong rather than rules and regulations and statutes, the Holy Ghost will say, ah, 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 don't, 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 wait, 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 don't do that. Don't, that's going to harm you. Don't do that. That's the way a Spirit-led, Holy Ghost-filled, born-again person, that's the way they function. And so we're not going back under the law. You're going backwards. You're going back in. The, the, the Bible says no flesh was justified by the blood of bulls and goats. The law, the, the tabernacle and the temple plans and all those things, those were stopgap measures until Almighty God would come in a fleshly form to die for all of us and take us out from, from under the law into spiritual realities. You guys understand the difference in the Old and New Testament, right? The Old Testament means will. The old will of God and the new will of God. And so, very, very important. You've got to get these principles. Because occasionally, I will have somebody that will call me or email me or, you know, talk to me when I'm out on the road and say, well, I'm, I, I actually feel like we should really be under the law and I'm going back under that. And I'm like, so Jesus Christ came and died in vain. Right there, why did Jesus Christ come and die to purchase this wonderful plan of salvation called being born again if the law was working? He could have just said, hey, all you Gentiles, you start uh, obeying the law and you'll be saved. But that's not what he said, right? He came and died on Calvary to purchase a new plan of salvation called being born again. So, the law defined the problem, but Jesus brought the solution. Jesus stood before Pilate in John uh, 18, I don't know, 30, down in the 30s, 37, 38 in there. And it said, um, Pilate therefore said unto him, are you, are you then a king? And Jesus said, Thou sayest that I'm a king. And to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness of the truth, singular, the truth. Everyone that is of the, that is of the, of the truth heareth my voice. And Pilate said, yeah, right, what is truth? And when he said that, he went out again unto the Jews, and he said unto them, I don't find any fault in this guy. You, I don't even know why you guys are wanting to, to crucify him. And this high-ranking politician and governor was saying to Jesus cynically, your truth may not be my truth. No religion is truth. But if it's right in your own eyes, hey, then I'm happy for you. I don't happen to believe the same thing. So whatever uh, you ever heard, I mean, have you ever heard that statement? And Jesus said, look, I'm here to bear witness of the truth, Pilate. Pilate said, truth, what is truth? And Jesus looked straight back at him in the black part of his eyes, and he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That's uh, John 14, 6. 
I'm the way, the truth, and the life, Pilate. So think about this. Pilate was looking at truth right in the face, and he didn't even realize it because his eyes were closed. He didn't want to know the truth. The Bible says, having eyes to see, they see not. Having ears to hear, they hear not. They've got their own thing, their own narrative that they're pushing. And he was staring right at the truth. He didn't even see it. Pilate loved something more than he loved God, didn't he? He knew Jesus was innocent. And they told him, to, they, they, they told him if he let Jesus go free, he was no friend of Caesar's. Well, he loved his political career more than he loved God. And consequently, Pilate never knew the truth. Well, here we are, 2,000 years later. And do you know what the question of the day is? It's the same question. What is the truth? There, nobody can know the absolute truth. Is it, should I be a Buddhist? Should I be a, 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 you know, a Muslim? Should I be, uh, what, you know, is there a God at all? What is truth? Maybe um, same-sex relationships are right, according to the Pope. Maybe you can bless them. I mean, think about this. Read the articles. It, what is the truth? Does anybody know the truth? Yes. It's called the Word of God. That's the truth. I had, I had a friend of mine ask me the other day, I'm getting calls all the time to be on radio and television programs, be people to interview me about prophecy and all these different things. But a friend of mine tell me recently, Man, you better be ready to answer some of the questions on uh, the LGBTQ lifestyle because it's going to come at you. And I said, well, I'm ready. And he's like, oh, okay. And I said, I, I'm, my answer is, they'll say, you know, do you believe uh, X lifestyle can go to heaven, people in that lifestyle, and do you believe blah, blah, blah. And all I'm going to do is say, I believe what the Bible says because I do. If the Bible says it, I believe it. If the Bible says that no homosexuals, anybody living in that lifestyle is going to make it to heaven, that's what I believe. And because I know the truth. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And when the Bible says those relationships, now the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians said, such were some of you, but now you've been washed, you've been born again, and you don't have to, you know, the, God saved you out of all that. I'm not saying that they can't ever go to heaven, but if they're living in those lifestyles, you can't bless those relationships. That's why some of this stuff going on, I just read where the Church of England, they just voted to start blessing those relationships. I'm like, what in the world? This, this, the Bible says that there will be people in the end that just would not have a love for the truth. Wow, are we seeing that? The Bible says they receive not a love for the truth. And so... I want to know Jesus, don't you? Man, my time's running out on me here, but I, I want to know Jesus. Jesus came. I gave the story yesterday of his birth, some of his life, and some of his teachings. Today, I'm telling you his main message. Go through his parables. Go through his teachings. He taught the gospel of the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you today, right here during the Christmas season, Christmas is what? Next uh, Monday. I'm telling you the main thing is that Jesus Christ came, and he was born. There were many signs that he was the Messiah, hundreds. And then he 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 was a just a, he was God in a fleshly form, and he came to die, to purchase a plan of salvation, 
so that everybody on the planet, not just Jews, go to Acts chapter 10 when, the, uh, when Peter went to the house of Cornelius and salvation was offered to the Gentiles as well. So now Jews and Gentiles can be born again and be saved. Nicodemus was a Jew and Jesus told him, Nicodemus, except you're born again, you can't enter to see the kingdom of God. And so that's of utmost importance to us today. Why did Jesus come? It was just not so we could have a nice little, uh, you know, uh, the greatest story ever told, and we tell this story about this neat little thing that happened in a stable and, and uh, laid, laid in a manger, and then uh, we go back into our own lifestyle in 2024. No, that's not what it's all about. It's about preparing ourselves for the soon return of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's message was the gospel of the kingdom of God. My message to you today in introducing you to Jesus Christ is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And it's simply this. The God of heaven is coming back before very long to establish his kingdom here on the earth. It happens at the time of the rapture, the second coming, and the, and the battle of Armageddon. And let me show you how to be a part of that kingdom. That is why I would suggest highly that you go to endtime.com reborn. I didn't take time to go through all of that on the radio today, but I want you to get all the verses, look about it in great detail. How do I, how can I be part of the kingdom of God? Endtime.com reborn. This is the story of Jesus. Why did he come? Why do we have the Bible? The thesis of the Bible is our relationship with God and our relationship with our fellow man. I've got to get these things right. And I know that you guys want to as well. And I want to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. This is how we prepare. So, well, I'll be back with you guys on Friday. Doug and Vince will be on tomorrow and Thursday. I want to say we love y'all. God bless each and every one of you as we all prepare for the soon return of Jesus Christ.